Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Escafel Files, a book analysis podcast where one diehard fan and one newbie start yet another podcast about Animorphs, the children's book series by K.A. Applegate. I'm Danielle, I use share they pronouns, and you can find me on the internet at Talk 90 and my co-host is Jade. Hi, hello, I'm Jade. You can find me most places on the internet at jadeoxfordrose, and I use they-them pronouns. We'll be making our way through the books, one book at a time, analyzing the themes and how they stand up to time, and sharing the experience with our friends on Discord, the link to which you can find in the show notes. Today, we have a guest. Welcome back, Izzy. Hello! I'm Izzy. I use Seer pronouns. You can find me on Twitter at the Shondeer or Tumblr at Lots of Deer. <laughs> uh, C is here to talk about Seer Andalite Sun. Yes. Uh, yes, I am. Because we are My talking boy. about book 38 today, which is uh, The Arrival. It is an axe book. Um, and I've been, I've been pretty excited to get to this one. Um, because it is uh, a very bright spot in this latter series of books um, in terms of quality. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, also because uh, for dumb kids playing hero, uh, both of these individuals joined me for a, uh, a, a special side game. Uh, wherein we acted out most of this plot. <laughs> yep. How did you not mention it at all? Like, your strength. <laughs> <laughs> you like, this was so Nothing. long ago. <laughs> I, we, we did a book 38. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it's, I, I've gotten very good at just Separating all future knowledge. <laughs> Somehow, all of us on in the game managed to act out different parts of Axe's horror. Mm-hmm. Yep, and my character was definitely our bet. Yes. Uh, it was great. Alright. Because I knew what I was doing when I was going into it. <laughs> As normal. Now we just in the future now just get to yell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I I hinted at stuff at Dirk, so I'm very excited for when these episodes <laughs> come out. Because <laughs> Dirk's gonna be like, oh god damn it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh before we get into it, some book specific content warnings include discussions of genocide, attempted genocide, biowarfare, and alike typical sexism, and alike typical superiority complex. Uh, and grooming, but not in a sexual way, but still predatory. Um, this book was ghostwritten by Kimberly Morris, who will go on to ghostwrite 48, 50, and 52. Uh, she understood the assignment uh, and did, I think, a good job. Pretty solid. Yeah, it's a, it's a good book. <laughs> 
I appreciate how Kimberly Morris got the assignment of doing a kid's book and was like, how violent and gory can I make this? <laughs> how traumatized Very can I make excellent. these children? <laughs> like, there is some naughty, yeah. like, injuries and descriptions in this book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because none of it's happening to the POV character, yep. it's got that slight state of remove. But mm-hmm. I'm reading some of this going... Damn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn. Children. Yep. Mm. Uh, yeah, so any overarching thoughts before we dive into it? Hmm. It's good and my boy makes me sad. Yeah. I think there are elements of it I didn't vibe with entirely until mm-hmm. it sort of... It took context and getting to the end for me to go, ah, okay, mm-hmm. you are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, there are aspects of Axe's characterization that I don't think are poorly written, but are just like bugbears of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I just, it. we've seen it hinted at before. Like, there's a reason there's a content warning for it. Um, I don't like the sci-fi trend of referring to um, one to a, a sex of the, as females. Just mm-hmm. generally, female as a noun rubs me up the wrong way. Yeah, um, something chronic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been um, very thoroughly poisoned. Yeah. Look, when the Ferenc when the Ferenki do it, at least they kn- it feels like intentional. Like they're intentionally trying to demean and mm-hmm. speak lesser, because that is how women are largely viewed in their culture. Mm-hmm. But now, it- now in like a post fucking gamer gay incel yeah. ideology world, just like mm, feels bad. Yep, yep, and it's also lazy. Mm-hmm. characterization too and like i will yell about the comp het as we get into it <laughs> oh same <laughs> because i resent it all i can't remember what it was i was watching with shrug ages ago uh i think it was like a kid's film and then they sort of like romantic subplots or two, and i was like what the fuck is this comp het doing here <laughs> it was this doing my in movie. my children's movie get it out of my book i'm still mad i don't care how good the film is i still haven't seen how to train your dragon 3 because i was so pissed off about the introduction of the fucking white nightwing fucking yeah. same i have not also i, I also haven't same. seen it because i'm so mad about that fucking thing Apparently it's actually quite good and that uh, that frustrates me so I said, well you shouldn't have done such a stupid highly feminized parody of a female version of your male dragon who was apparently the last i'm getting off topic i cannot go on a rant about the portrayal of female <laughs> non-humans in kids media because it's bad i'm just i think i'm just picturing an andalite with long eyelashes and it's pissing <gasps> me off no see they all have long eyelashes because bo- that's on both, just dear no, on, bo- on both sets of stalk eyes just long oh, bad, <laughs> bad. mini mouse style eyelashes <laughs> Uh, I, I will it. just to say this about How to Train Your Dragon Three. I do know that the 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 uh, the the like l- fucking white one. She's like a completely different species of dragon or something like that. 
So that's the only thing that I know is that she's not actually the same species as Toothless. But surprisingly enough, able to uh, produce offspring. Yeah. Because, you know, marriage and babies is where everybody should be aiming a great message for our children. But, you know, the ge- I'm getting off topic. Guys, you can't <laughs> let me do this. I will say, the fact that it ended where it did, the interaction, and, like, the little journey acts goes on. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I can, I can, like, the fact that they resolved it as they did, Yes, I can live with that, and I'm happy about it. Like, yeah. I just, it grates on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a rule. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Do I want to? I'll save that. My comment later. Uh, it's specifically about an overarching aspect of the book, mm-hmm. but it'll work better once we actually get to the reveal. Okay. Cool. Um, let's start with a rescue mission. Yeah. Our first Andalite, not Andalite, well, Andalite, yes, Axe POV book in forever. Mm hmm. Um, and as a great way of doing PG safe torture scene, the kids are witness to it, but in cockroach morph as they're hiding in the pipes, mm-hmm. uh, which is a real cool, strong way to do the interest. They are literally hearing this happening and it's because they're in cockroach morph where they've infiltrated this place that they're able to have this perspective on it. And I just thought that was a real neat sort of in media mm-hmm. res. Mm-hmm way to start the story also mm-hmm. very horrifying once you realize what's going on and it's like oh oh no this book is starting in a place yeah. mm-hmm. all right, all right so uh i have to say this like one of the chi mr king eric's quote dad unquote has been taken and he's being tortured and i'm sat here though like how good is this holographic technology? Or how dumb are these human controllers to real- not realize? That they're not hitting an actual body? Yeah, or like they're, the, the, the hologram is pulled tight, that they're hitting like metal or whatever it is the Chi are made of. But it sure as fuck ain't meat, mm-hmm. is my point. Uh, I, think- I love the notion that the, the hologram is so good that like, he can instantly make like bruises appear and blood appear. Mm-hmm. That cool as fucking hell. I continue to stand the chi like nobody's <laughs> business. I love them. Yep. Pacifism and all. Um, but yeah, sorry, you were going to say, Danielle. Yeah, I've, I always thought of it as um, they have like a, some kind of force field around mm. their body that's like at like where that hologram is. So that if you that were to touch sense. them, you're touching whatever force field, and it just has some kind of enough warmth, maybe, and enough yeah, give. yeah. They're giving off warmth, and it has like a slight give to it. Um, that Is was how I was so The force field gives off the sound of of hitting meat. Though? Yes, they they would play that. Yes. Speaking. Turns out there's a bunch of chair working in Hollywood as Foley artists. They're just <laughs> like, oh, super great at it. But then I suppose that's, I could go into a whole thing about how like the sounds people expect to hear aren't realistic to life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody knows appropriately enough the, that uh, whenever you quote hear an eagle in a movie, it's a red to- red-tailed hawk cry that they mm-hmm. use. Mm-hmm. But also things like, 
gunshots and like mm-hmm. things breaking mm-hmm. they don't sound like that in real life but people think they do because of movies mm-hmm. so now it's become that great association like i know lots of uh fun tidbits joy of living with a sound engineer about like how some laser sounds are made it's like hitting piano wires and stuff like mm-hmm. that it's fascinating shit but just yeah. now I'm just really tickled by the notion of cheese bringing their expertise and making it sound like they're being hit <laughs> to, to Hollywood. Yep. And if you play the actual sound, then people think it sounds fake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we get our intro, we get our info dump, um, get the usual sort of hatred of the Yerks as portrayed as particularly by the Andalites. Though uh, it's interesting seeing how from the, between the kids and acts like the things that are the same in the way they describe the yurks and the things that are mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. like how their perspectives change or don't change and how they internalize each other's ways of talking about things which is particularly obvious with uh, acts and his use of like human idioms and human frames of reference mm-hmm. might still say your earth minutes but our boys using metaphor like a champ so, <laughs> proof positive that he is just fucking with Marco. <laughs> like, he knows. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so, they travel through the cracks and crevices of, like, the wall. They get to a empty room next to uh, where Mr. King is being held. Uh, they demorph, morph battle morphs. Um, <laughs> uh, we get a great, uh, moment of Rachel being like, let's rock and roll. And Axe is like, rock and roll is a type of human music. Its relevance to the battle before us was a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some good banter, particularly between Marco and Axe and Marco and Rachel. Uh, and they go through the wall to rescue Mr. It, King. They, they, they full on Kool Aid. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fucking great. Um, they're working like a weld oiled machine at this point. Um, and they get Mr. King. And around this time, they're like, man, this feels too easy. Like it's. Uh, in the description, we get now that the office neck, because there's a there's a glass wall on the other side of this mm-hmm. room, because they're in a newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. Like the offices mm-hmm. of a newspaper, and there's a glass wall with a darkened office. Um, yeah. So, and they're like, uh, hmm. yeah, this, this feels glass wall. Yeah, this feels suspicious. Um, and uh, true to form, uh, something behind the glass. Uh, reveals itself to be several hork and Visser 3. Um, <laughs> uh, they realize that it's a trap. Uh, Visser 3, Visser 3 actually say it's a trap? No, does he, Jake does. he does. crow about it being, oh, okay, I'm just like, you have fallen into <laughs> my trap. And the, like, he activated my trap card. Yeah, it's a little weird that he doesn't immediately, like, Start, start crowing. Yeah. Crowing about mm-hmm. it, even while fighting. He's just fighting in, like, silence for a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he realized uh, that he could have actually captured the Animorphs' last book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and was like... like working uh, a bit harder. Uh, <laughs> I also, like, 
as a as a thought to maybe contend with, like because this is an axe perspective. Mm. He the way he views Visser three, mm-hmm. he of it he has that deep seated hatred and guilt all packaged up. I can fully believe he wouldn't notice or he wouldn't reflect on Visser three's more outlandish tendencies, whereas the yeah. kids be like he has definitely been watching Bond movies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, like thinking about it, I don't know. I don't know that Visser Three has been particularly ham during Axe books in general. No, yeah. not really. But that's why I'm wondering: is this a perspective thing? Right, because, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I thought mm-hmm. I will have to maybe go back. Um, but it also does track that for following the fallout of Visser that he'll be a little bit more, mm, I will showboat 10% less. <laughs> I will dial it back a notch. If we're going to take the, the dial down from 11 to 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a great plan. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's revealed, like, there was, I think Mr. King mentioned something in the papers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so was taken. Like it was a call out about the sharing or something calling the sharing in mm-hmm. to question. Uh, was there f- and then taken and hence why the kids are coming in to rescue him. And it's really like, no, that story was a plant. Yeah. So the rescue would be a trap. And like that is actually a solid ass plan. Mm-hmm. Like, the ex presumably do not, they don't know about, the, do they know about the chi at all? No. 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 Yeah. They I know thought. about so, the Pemolite ships, but I, does Visser know hmm. it's a Pemolite ship? I don't think so. Yeah, he just, just knows, knows that, that it's, it's like got technology. Tech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as far as he knows, he's just taken a human. Um, I do like we get the detail of one of the human controllers did try to infest Mr. King, just like mm-hmm. ears blocked for some reason. And I'm here just like, cool, dope. Couldn't don't question up. that anymore. I don't know. I like the notion that uh, if, in a different situation, like a cheat might just like open the little side hatch mm. to let the yeah, king just like, ha ha, you've fallen into my trap. <laughs> <laughs> trap within a trap. Um but the, and this but this fight scene is brutal. Like this mm-hmm. three prepared. Yeah. And like he is not just leaving the dirty work up to the Hawk Bajir. Mm-hmm. This is it's interesting because we're getting this perspective uh from Axe of one, how dangerous Vissa Three is. Mm-hmm. Which is makes sense given what the book is going to be talking about later. And also Visa three choosing to fight in uh, in like a Lauren's body rather than a morph. Mm-hmm. Again, we get a lot of demonstration of how dangerous, excuse me, uh, an Andalite is in battle. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The layout of the building too, I think, was designed to trap them. Mm. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Also, taxon hive in the basement, <laughs> which is just horrifying. Yeah, like the way that a lot of this is described is grisly. Like, it feels very like a horror movie. It does. Mm-hmm. 
Like it's a lot of use of dark, they're there at night. There's a lot of this very strong, evocative descriptions of violence. You definitely get the vibe reading this that Axe is maybe scared of taxons or mm-hmm. is like has a visceral res- fear response to them. Yeah. Um, Which is fair. Bi- he is a prey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But there's something about, um, I've seen it come up in a couple of video essays recently, just talking about the disgust reaction mm-hmm. and how it is like, a way of keeping yourself safe. Mm-hmm. If something disgusts you, then you keep away from it. Mm-hmm. And it's how it's it's a it's a as I said, it's a preservation thing. But and how disgust can so easily become fear, and how the two sort of feed into each other. Yeah. So yeah. because once again, for all like there is all these discussions in here about uh, how Axe is very careful not to kill human controllers or Bajir controllers. Uh, become dead all over the place as usual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um <sighs> the what like utterly dehumanizing nurse i hate that i don't have a better word for it of the taxons yeah who are literally just this sort of scary threat and then are gross mm-hmm. um it's just yeah. there's a lot of that in here and like there is some portrayals of humans in this book they're a little bit valorizing mm-hmm. which I suppose tracks for an Andalite perspective on things um, I don't like it though mm. I know that this book that like we're on earth and like the, we have human characters we're just like this notion that human life is more important than all the other life mm-hmm. bugs me but I think that's mm-hmm. something as an adult reader I may have cottoned onto it as a kid reading these. I, I could not say. But it's sort of like, it's just, it sits weird with me. Like, yeah. I like when we have moments of heroism from humans, like when we're seeing Vissa, like, like these different humans that we meet as well. And we get to know them and hearing these amazing things that humans can do that our kid, that these kids do, our kids, <laughs> let's be honest, can do. But it's like, Look, I fully believe that there are some humans who would happily be a human shield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't know if it'd be that many, though. If the kids had been in themselves as kids, I could have believed it. Well, uh, but, mm, so I don't know. for that in particular, um, mm. It, yes, it does. It does feel bad when held up against a lot of the other, like hmm. putting down of the other host species yeah. that occur. Um, I did like that moment mostly because, like, they are enslaved, hmm. and they don't have any hope of rescue, except for the Andalite bandits. Who I imagine have become sort of mythologized, especially amongst mm. the lower rank and file Yerks. Um, I can see that. Like, I can definitely I can definitely see uh, like, wanted posters and, you know, lower rank and file Yerks whispering amongst themselves about the Andalite bandits and how dangerous they are. Um, 
Mm. So it, you know, it, it speaks to me of a, of a protecting the, the only uh, like that kind of thing. Also like that scene in Spider-Man 2. Yes. With the whole, <laughs> yeah, no. I think it would rank, bother me less if it wasn't in the same book as so much yes other stuff because we have that pov we've got that slight mm-hmm. outsider perspective from acts because mm-hmm. don't get me wrong i love those moments mm-hmm. like oh you don't hurt the kids stuff like that. i am fully like yeah human beings are good actually yeah but you know that's when we're having times where people talk about how people are shitty and mm-hmm. then we get to go, actually, no, people aren't for the most part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's just me griping. Yeah. In comparison, it feels a little weird. <clears throat> yeah. It's just sort of like, we have to show the, uh, the, um, I keep wanting to say Eris. Nope. Eris. Um, <laughs> see, humans are good, actually, and worth saving. Sort of like, <laughs> mm hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, bad feels bad it does in fact feel real bad yeah it's just like this is what makes a life worth saving yeah i wanted to uh say like as you guys were talking i kind of had this realization um Mm -hmm. the way that this is written and the way that like they the humans throughout the book are written uh particularly feels almost like a war movie Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah um like the 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 especially like this very first like set of chapters feels like like the scene in a war movie where everything is super desperate mm-hmm. uh and the uh, like most of the fight scenes feel like that like they mm-hmm. were written to follow that kind of mm-hmm. model um mm-hmm. uh, although I don't know at this point if uh there were as many. <laughs> war movies as there are now. Oh, there were. Mm. I mean, yeah, World War II had happened, so like... Yeah, it's, that's fair. But that's fair. I think that's a really important and like prescient observation, especially when it's Axe who's telling the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is... It definitely tells it or reinforces... To the reader it tells and to Axe it reinforces, because as we learn, Axe is not as swayed as he seems to be to the reader. Mm. Um, that idea of, like, yeah, this this is how the, the wars are portrayed, and this is how it actually is. Now, there's a lot of self-awareness from Axe mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. book that I'm really glad to see there. Mm-hmm. Like, this... he gives himself a hard time a lot, but, like, when you think about how far he's come yeah, and, like, getting to see him interacting with other Andalites for the first time in person mm-hmm. in a long time and, like, his attitude and his understand just like the whole you are not immune to propaganda but i am not immune to propaganda (laughs) Mm -hmm. but also he questions things the whole time Mm -hmm. like he gives him he doesn't give himself enough credit is my really doesn't this this author understands acts in a way that i think mm -hmm. uh 
we're probably never going to get again. <laughs> mm. But it is like, it's like the whole, when we talk about like, oh, well, I'm having a shitty thought, so that makes me a shitty person. So, mm -hmm. But you're aware that you're having a shitty thought, and mm -hmm. you know that it's a shitty thought, mm -hmm. so you aren't a bad person for thinking it. Right. It's like it's like that kind of level of awareness. Mm -hmm. Just like him being like, oh, well, I feel this. It's just like, yeah, but you... The way he talks about it, it's very well that balancing act of we get to see his awareness and understand it more than he does. Because mm -hmm. we have yeah. the outside perspective on his feelings and the way yeah. he's talking about them. Mm -hmm. I'm sad about my son 24-7. Yep. Mm. Uh, so it's revealed to be a trap. There's a gnarly fight, and really gnarly. Uh, the animorphs begin to retreat. Um, they, 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 they're not going to make it. Like there is, there is not. They're they're at an elevator, hoping for the elevator to come quickly enough. <clears throat> this Marco's is very much got out with Mr. King, but like mm -hmm. Jake's down a leg. Rachel yeah. is seriously injured. Like it's bad. Yeah. Um, Axe even like very specifically calls out that they will probably die here. Yeah, yeah. It's uh the they they have them dead to rights, and the Horkajir like have raised their dragon beams. Um. And Visor 3 is like, I don't want them dead, lowest power setting, aim carefully kind of deal. Uh, and then the elevator opens, and four Andalites come out. Shredders blazing. Uh, real superhero shit. Real superhero shit. I love that Axe can recognize that it's Shredder fire just from the difference in the sound. Mm. Um, I think that's a great detail. Um, and yeah, these four Andalites come out. I like that Axe compares them to bucks clearing a fence, which, uh, the fact that that is the simile that comes to his mind both amuses and, uh, saddens me. Yep. Um, yep. Because those, those, those earthisms, man. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, then the, the Andalites come out fighting. They come out swinging. They turn the tides of the battle. Um, Axe, from his point of view, uh, they were everywhere at once, firing, whipping their tail blades with deadly precision. They were magnificent. I fought beside a young female. She had impeccable timing. She was dangerous. She was beautiful. Uh, and the cops are on their way. Uh, innocent policeman. Yeah, it's fucking copaganda. It's fine. <sighs> it's to, to be expected, I should say. Um, and, uh, basically, Jake is like, alright, uh, Visser, we're, we're gonna bail. We suggest you also bail, because maybe those cops are your folks, maybe they're not. Walk away and you live. Um, and, <laughs> Like, the hork begin gathering their dead, the taxons waddle back down to the stair- back down the stairwell, dragging what meat they can take. Like, it's just- it- it very much speaks of, um, those- 
older battles in particular where there's like a brief ceasefire for people to just collect their dead. Mm. Um, and, uh, the Andalites, uh, don't stop. And Axe is confused about this for a second, except then he realizes, oh, right, no, yeah, they're not, they don't consider Jake their prince. So they're not listening to his orders. Uh, but one of these Andalites stops right in front of Visser Three, and, uh, Visser Three recognizes this Andalite. He calls him Arbat. Um, and Arbat hesitates in shooting Visser Three, misses his opportunity. Visser Three knocks the weapons from his hands. Um, and, uh, Visser Three gets away. Um, Jake's like, I don't know who you guys are, but first, thanks. Second, get out of here, because the cops are coming. Um, the Andalites withdraw. And Axe is like, how, who, who are you? How do I find you? Like, what? Don't just leave. Mm -hmm. Um, and the female says, uh, her name is, she introduces herself as Estrid Coraldera. Um, don't worry, we will find you. Uh, and the Animorphs, understandably, regroup immediately at Cassie's barn. <laughs> like, so what the fuck? Because, <laughs> like, uh, Andalites are here? This seems important. <laughs> I, I will say, for all my bitching about Compet, of which there will be more, I can totally understand mm -hmm. the reaction of Axe being like, oh, she's so good at fighting. Oh, that's <laughs> hot. But in a PG <laughs> then, because who amongst us has not enjoyed a well-choreographed fight scene of a particular person of our preference, mm -hmm, or preference, mm -hmm. if any, go kicking ass and just like, God, I wish that were me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... Yeah. And and there also consider about watching somebody do what they do well, and it is yes. established later, which might be what Danielle's about to say. It's like the way Aerith fights is yeah. like yeah, Estra balletic. Yeah, um, it's we find out why later, but it tracks that her form would be as elegant to watch mm -hmm. as it is effective, given where she learned. Yeah. Also consider, I don't know that it's necessarily compet as comp species. Um, it is because, definitely like, a comp true. species. Because, because this is, this is the first Andalite his an own age that he yeah. has seen in a long fucking time. Because he was the only artist on his brother's dome mm. ship. Like, yeah. he's been away for a long fucking time. This is the, the first Andalite he's seen of an, of, an age and she's really good at fighting and like she appears in this moment of badassery mm -hmm. like and we know that and that acts in andalite form does not find humans attractive uh just because of brain wiring which makes sense um yeah. so it it makes sense to me that this first yeah, uh, Andalite that he sees, he's like, oh god, she's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it happens to be Compet because she's a girl. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah. It's, if they hadn't <laughs> been cowards, it would have been a boy. 
Uh huh. <laughs> yes. If they hadn't been cowards, correct. Uh, God, that would have been good. That would have been so good. That would have been so. Just, oh, that would have been so good. It would have been so right? good. And then, and then we wouldn't have had all this weird gender bullshit either. We could yeah. have just had this this genius young, mm-hmm. like just make the comparison with Axe fully complete without the mm-hmm. gender stuff. Mm-hmm. We reread she, the book. Like, <laughs> yeah, she is a foil to Axe. As the book goes on, it's clear she's being held up as a mirror to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Her choices, her the things she does well. Mm-hmm. And her attitude is a reflection of like what Axe's was when we first met him. Yes. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to, to point out before we move forward that I love that Marco knows what a propaganda mill is. <laughs> Our boy's smart. He's so smart, and I love him very much, and I'm I'm so glad that he knows these words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, part three in a five-part series on the sharing. <laughs> it, is, it is certainly a thing. Um, and Axe, <gasps> Axe is, like, overjoyed. He's like, the war is over, the Andalite fleet is here, the Yurk invasion will soon cease to be a problem, like... The day, the day has been saved and he is so stoked, which my poor baby boy. Uh, the you other Andalites. Yeah, how wrong you are. Yeah. The other, the other Animorphs are not so quick to jump on the hope bandwagon, which is in its own way extremely fucking sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all basically like, yeah, but like, we also know that just the Andalites aren't heroes. And, uh, just because it looks like an Andalite doesn't mean it is one. And we're, we're not gonna, we're, we're not gonna just assume that this is rescue. This could very well be some fresh hell, which it is. It, um, it sure is. Um, and, Jake and Tobias are like, how do we know that these aren't Yerks trying to leapfrog to the top of the pecking order? Um, and Axe is like, that's impossible. And Marco's like, in a world where slugs can take over entire civilizations, anything is possible, Axe. <laughs> like, um, and Axe points out that, uh, Estrid knew his name. And so, uh, the only way she could have known that is from the message that he transmitted to the Andalite home planet or through the forces they encountered on Lyra. And Marco's like, funny, you should mention Lyra. And then doesn't have to finish the sentence because everybody immediately starts thinking about the one Andalite uh, commander who was a fucking traitor. Um, and... <laughs> Poor Axe is like, yeah, but I know that these are true Andalites because when I fought beside them, like, I felt a sense of connection. And everybody's like, like, dude, you got your crush, my guy. Dude, your crush is showing. Yeah. I, I love that that is their reaction. Like, they're all worried and stressed, but there is like this moment to be kids just like, oh, I'm sorry. It's, oh, because that is that is friendship to me. Because that uh-huh. is just that is the pinnacle of oh fuck. Uh, no, you were you were flirting. I was not. Yeah, you were. We all saw it. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
But there's just something very sweet and I'm gonna say there is something wholesome about mm-hmm. like but it also talks about they see Axe as their friend. Mm-hmm. It's just like Axe, my guy, my dear. <laughs> in every sense. You like this. <laughs> you like this and light. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she just fight real good. Just uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he talks for just too much. I love the way that Marco explains it more. Uh-huh. Like Cassie explains it, and then Marco's like, eh, hey, you know, like the way Cassie can't see that Jake is really just a pinhead. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And gets a horse comb thrown at him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's just like Marco dodges and just like Marco pinched like a best friend. This sort of behavior appears to be typical of male friendships. Mm-hmm. Just like, <laughs> good analysis, kiddo. Mm-hmm. Also, autistic acts for the win. Just like, mm, this is how teenage boys, teenage boy. Thank God my best friend is the Hulk, who only used to be a human boy. <laughs> <laughs> my gear. My bird friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah so Jake is like alright well until we figure out what what these guys deal is let's just not overcommit uh, Rachel says the quiet part out loud and oh, so loud. Says, like maybe not change our minds about who was in charge and who isn't uh, calling back to what Axe did in 18 where he th- like this new Andalite was here, and, and he immediately changed his tune to be like, oh, yeah, this is my prince now. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> um, but after that, he did swear that he would never abandon Jake again, and that he would never uh, renege on that oath unless Jake released him. Um, and... So he gets angry. Like, at first he's very ashamed, but then he gets angry because he's like, well, I did, I swore that I wouldn't, that that wouldn't happen again. Um, and Jake's like, don't worry, I don't think that you're going to, and neither does Rachel. Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just don't want you to do anything without talking it over first. Um, and Axe is like, I am a true Andalite warrior. A true warrior never reneges on his oath to his prince. And he just fucking leaves. And he's super angry. Um, <laughs> so he's going to go run it out, which is yeah. just, mm, yeah, good. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that's actually a healthier response than we see from a lot of the kids a lot of the time. Mm-hmm, Honestly. Mm-hmm. He does run it out. But then... <laughs> 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 I left the barn and galloped until both my hearts were pounding. I was angry, but that emotion cooled quickly enough. The emotion that replaced it did not cool. She was beautiful. She was oh. so beautiful. Like, buddy! <laughs> what is this feeling? <laughs> We've all been... Most of us... I was about to say we all know... A lot of us have been stupid about how we, thanks to how we feel about somebody. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. why the Arrow Aces are so powerful. They really are. <laughs> they really are. Yep. I'm yep. over here oh. like, oh, feel pretty. Uh. 
<laughs> and empty girlfriend pretty. <laughs> <laughs> You're valid. I do like that he's like starts doing fighting practice. Like, mm, yeah, no, thinking about girl should stop thinking about girl. Need to be ready for fight. Um, <laughs> I could be tested at any moment. Yeah, yeah. But that he like very like proceeds to like start hacking at trees, and Tobias still says, "Good shot." Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, can we not think of a better, more appropriate term to use? I, that would be complicated, I guess. We all knew what he meant. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tobias arrives, compliments uh, Axe on his form, and we get uh, Axe reflecting on, like, Tobias as a person and also the, the two of those relationship. Yeah. Um, because uh, Tobias doesn't belong in a way that he doesn't belong as a as an offlet. Um and uh but and refers to Spice as a Sean. Uh what humans would call a best friend or soulmate. And I'm here just like go on. <laughs> because I am trash. Um and we do get the mention that uh that Tobias is uh, his nephew. nephew. <laughs> he doesn't say that. But that just never ceases to amaze me and amuse me, I should say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, and X is ready to strike again. And Tobias, like, can you not do that while I'm sitting here? <laughs> Which in is the just, tree. <laughs> yeah, can, can, mm, I'm sitting right maybe, here. Maybe attack a different tree. <laughs> to be fair, Tobias did choose to land in that tree. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, and Tobias is trying to distract Axe from this because he recognizes that this is maybe not the healthiest reaction um, because Axe doesn't want to disgrace himself, right? Axe, Axe has this thing where when he's around other Andalites, he's constantly afraid of being caught out and being... Uh, shown to be he has an inferiority complex um wonder how that happened yeah who who could fucking guess um and i do love that tobias's plan here which is very cute and good mm-hmm, uh, cuz mm-hmm. he found a 20 dollar bill uh or 20 dollars so how about we go to the food court but i love that of all the things they could do he's picked a very human thing mhm Yep. And because like, he knows the mind act. Go on. You go. Is he? Yeah. Just, it just that reminder of, hey, you are here. You're part of our group. Mm-hmm. You like elements of this planet. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's a thing that bring, he knows brings Axe joy. And the fact that it happens to be a very human thing is just, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I was also going to say. <laughs> Hell yeah. 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 Specifically like, hey, what about we go do this thing that you really like doing and go get you this thing that you really like to eat? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows that, like, that'll that'll get him to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Uh, some, sometimes the carrot happens to be a Cinnabon Cinnabon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I like I like how Axe, like, pauses. He's like, oh, cinnamon buns. I am extremely fond of cinnamon buns. <laughs> um, I have an appropriate amount of affection for cinnamon buns. <laughs> uh, and so they fly out and morph human. We get the most disturbing description of, mor- of Tobias morphing human that we've had so far. Like his his bird legs grow enormously long uh until they protrude from the bird like his bones grow before everything else grows. Um in a way that we have seen with bird morphs before, uh with Marco specifically. Uh <laughs> the bone formed a femur, a patella, and a tibia, claws became toe bones, flesh poured down the bones like liquid, and molded thighs, calves, and feet. Hate it. I hate it so much. Hate it. What is that? that? That is some horror movie description shit right uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Uh and but they morph. They they find the outer clothing that Tobias has just stashed on top of the mall, which is adorable. <laughs> um and they go into the food court. Uh but before they even get there. They hear someone shouting uh, about jelly beans. 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 Uh, Someone (laughs) is calling security. Some girl apparently has uh, their wording gone berserk in the food court, eating everything in sight and yelling, Uh, which... (laughs) We know this one. (laughs) Which sounds very familiar. (laughs) Uh, when they get there, they see that a girl around Cassie's age is crouched in front of bins of, of jelly beans from the Candyland store. Um, she's wearing, like, a Burger King uniform backwards. Um, and she's just going ham on these fucking jelly beans. Um, clearly overwhelmed by the taste. And Tobias is, is like... Figuring out that the different colors have different flavors and ain't that a treat. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and the security is about to take her away when Tobias uh, thinks quickly, and he's like, "No, no, 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 no. She's my sister. She's having a bad reaction to her medication. It's fine. We'll take care of it." Um, and they they manage to convince everybody that, like, no, don't wor- don't worry about it. This will this is our problem now. You don't have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> Uh, and uh, they uh, Axe is able to talk to Estrid and be like hey yo it's me your taste is overwhelming that's what you're experiencing it'll be okay come on <laughs> Um, there's a brief run in with the uh, family of the person who- that she acquired who thinks that Axe and Tobias are abducting her uh, but they get out with little to no problem. I like the the very specific description of the girl, mm-hmm. especially, and her face was covered with cinnamon-colored freckles. Cinnamon. <laughs> Delicious. Axe. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> I must compliment uh, 
estrid's taste in hosts like not mm. hosts, in morphs because if i saw a cool redhead with freckles i would be like yes that one <laughs> this is the that- aesthetically pleasing option and she's got one of the rarest, like, hair color, eye color combos, like, yeah. genetically, mm-hmm. which is uh, red hair with blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they get out, and Estrid uh, morphs Caffet Bird and flies away, uh, because people don't look up. Um, <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> uh, and uh, Axe regroups with Jake, and... Uh, goes out to a rendezvous point that Estrid had set up with him. Um, Jake is on the ground in wolf morph. Axe is uh, hairier, uh, flying there overhead. Um, and Estrid refused to give Axe the directions to the ship, which makes some sense. Um, but she did set up this rendezvous point. Uh, Axe lands there in this clearing uh, and demorphs. I love that his... Well, I love and hate that his his explanation for this. I demorphed quickly. If this was all somehow a Yurk ambush, then my presence would trigger the attack. Better me than my prince. Nice <laughs> uh, my boy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, so Estrid comes out, and she's like, uh, welcome, uh, my commander is eager to meet you, and Axe is like, alright, where, where the fuck is he? And she's like, oh, he's near, he, he's afraid of a a trap. Um, but before they can discuss this any further, Jake comes out of the woods, and Estrid is like, what the fuck? (laughs) One, I told you to come alone, two, that's a human, three, he has morphing powers, what? Um... And Jake's like, I'll discuss that with your commander. Because Jake is on his uh, 100% prince prince acting skills. Uh, yeah, he's great in this he's, scene. He's really like, great in this scene. He's so good. Just here in the background like, yes! This mm-hmm. is not upsetting leader behavior that makes me want to be cr- just cry. This is, not, this is just Jake being a badass mm-hmm, and understanding mm-hmm. the situation and playing the part perfectly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Estrid, like, Axe explains that Jake is his prince. Estrid looks like she's going to laugh, but she restrains herself. Um, and <laughs> then Estrid put a hand on my arm and thought spoke privately to me. My heart <laughs> spluttered at the touch. And she, she's, <laughs> she's like, uh, so my experimentation with human morph was unauthorized. Can we just not mention that <laughs> at all? And uh, while Axe- reading this last night, <laughs> Danielle got to be privy to me making a horrible noise <laughs> at this <laughs> next bit. I literally out loud made a noise because it's just this is the worst sentence i've ever read yep uh for a moment i was too stunned to answer such a breach of discipline perhaps females were allowed more latitude and thus felt free to take more liberties (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but axe's sexism aside he's like all right well i'm not gonna be a rat Um, i ain't no narc i'm not a narc uh (laughs) And they go through and they meet the other three Andalites. 
So the other Andalites are Commander Gonrod Isfal Sonali, uh, Intelligence Advisor Arbat Elevat Estoni, and Aloth Adamil Gahar, who is a warrior. Um, Gonrod is not pleased with Estrid's behavior in terms of her forwardness, because she's speaking without being spoken to, unlike an, unlike is befitting an Aris. Um, but Arbat seems pleased with this behavior. Overall, every time we interact with these Andalites, we, throughout the book, we get the sense that, uh, A, no one is acting like you would expect them to act as befitting their station. Um, Alath, Aloth and Arbat are both, uh, very insubordinate to Gonrod, who is ostensibly their commander. Uh, Estrid does not act like an Aris, despite having training that sounds like, or seems like it would be for an Aris. Um, and it's, uh, it's interesting, like, all the little things that Axe continues to point out. Like, this is not, we immediately get the sense that, like, not all here is as it appears to be. Um, and Axe introduces Jake as his prince, and Gonrod doesn't like this. Your prince, you insult the highest-ranking Andalite within light years by announcing your allegiance to a human child? And Jake fucking owns this motherfucker. <laughs> prince Jake did not react to the insult, but he did react to Gonrod's careless words. Your rank is commander, and you're the highest-ranking Andalite commander within light years? He looked at me, questioning. I was almost too disappointed to respond. I did not abandon hope, but my optimism was sharply reduced. I could only confirm what Prince Jake suspected. Commander is a rank most often held by an Andalite in command of a single ship. A single, small ship. I see. <laughs> and... <clears throat> And Gonrod attempts to continue to hold the high ground here, but he is quickly failing. Dig <laughs> up, stupid. He's like, I'm not going to speak to this human. Uh, and, and Axe is like, but he's the leader of the human resistance on Earth. Like, you should address him as such. And Gonrod's like, oh, but how many warriors does he lead? And Jake's like, not enough. Um, and Gonrod, is like, I know you were involved in the war on Lyra. He implies that they were the reason that an entire ship full of Andalite warriors died. Um, he asks again, how many warriors do you command? <laughs> Axe tries to defend them. Uh, but Jake just like raises a hand and silences him. He is, he is on top of his power play at this point. It's um, so good. <laughs> We were on Lyra. Let's leave it at that. I don't want to bring up anything embarrassing. No point. But you'll understand if I say that I'm not prepared to discuss my forces with you. Not yet. <laughs> you, a human, do not trust an Andalite commander? Gunrod cried. Aloth spoke, mockingly. Perhaps the human is not aware that Andalites are known throughout the galaxy for their integrity. <laughs> that is so funny in context. Like, uh -huh. once you no uh-huh like because you could think that oh that's him taking the piss out of jake just like oh the humans don't get 
how this works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it, but it, it's absolutely mocking gone rot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is the thing, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, Axe continues to try to be diplomatic. And Jake is like, no, we're going to start with finding out exactly what we can count on in terms of Andalite support. Um, Gonrod just fucking yells like a man-child. Um, he calls Jake a man-child, but Gonrod is, is the immature one here. Um, you consider us support are all humans as ignorant and arrogant as you. You are an untrained human child playing at war. We are highly trained warriors. You and your band, whoever they may be, will cease to fight. That is an order. I don't take orders, Prince Jake snapped. I give them. And now, this meeting is over. He turned and began to walk away. Aris Aximili, Gonrod shouted. Stay where you are. Commander Gonrod, I respectfully remind you that an Andalite's allegiance is to his prince. You are disobeying a direct order. I followed Prince Jake. And Gonrod orders Aloth and Arbat to shoot Axe and Jake. Uh. And Arbat's like, we can't really do that. Uh, we, we are being prevented from using our weapons because Cassie and Marco, as a pit viper and a cobra respectively, have, uh, insinuated themselves, uh, in very compromising positions to the Sandalites, threatening to attack, to bite them and kill them. <laughs> 